0: This message is brought to you by Alliance Bible Church located in Mequon, Wisconsin. Our vision is to captivate generations with the satisfying gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Alliance Bible Church or other resources, please check out our website, myabc.church. To transition to this morning's message, I'll ask you a question. How do you feel when you're late, how do you feel when you're going to be late? You know, when you're looking at the clock in your car, right, and then back at your phone that you're not supposed to, and then back at the car, co- you know, clock in the car, back at your phone, and you're realizing, man, even with green lights and a lead foot, you know, I'm not going to make it, right? How do you feel? It starts sort to of run through your head. You know, if you are a planner, uh, schedule type of person like myself, I can tell you that the first thing that you begin to realize is that your heart is beating a little bit faster. And then you you start, you know, just unbeckoned, you know, you just start to have all these different excuses and like rationale for why you're late just starts to run through your mind, doesn't it? Great reasons, you know, logical reasons just start passing through your head, dozens of them. Uh, this doesn't, you know, of course, happen for like a close friend, all right? But for a work meeting or meeting somebody for this, you know, for the first time, you bet. And so depending then, you know, kind of on, on who you're meeting, this desire to excuse, to kind of cover it up, you know, a little something over this mistake, it can create a lot of pressure, you know, to especially the, uh, the pressure to have a a good reason right? That's just any old reason. Like a good reason. Uh, in my case, you know, some of the great reasons are like, you know, my kid's diaper exploded. You know, just just everywhere. You, know, you can't even imagine what it was like, right? Or, you know, my, my dog died again, you know, right? Or maybe that Cedarburg traffic was just crazy. <laughs> I don't know what it is for you, but something other than it's just my fault. <laughs> I just didn't figure this out correctly. (laughs) Excuses. Now, the truth is, is that we don't just find ourselves in this kind of a situation where we're tempted to excuse, you know, our errors and our mistakes. We find ourselves in the same situation with our choices, don't we? Especially the ones where we knew it was a bad idea to begin with. Uh, we, we, we feel this, this pull, this pressure to come up with, with something that puts our actions, our words, or whatever, in a little bit better light. I mean, students, you know, haven't you found yourself you know, on that spot, probably with your parents, you know, where you're being asked to suddenly start generating reasons for why you thought it was a good idea to be out with that guy at that time of night, right? Or be with those friends at that place, right? You, and, and, and those reasons, they just start coming to you, don't they? They're not, they're not good, but, you know, they start coming to you. Wives, I'm sure this doesn't happen in, in your home. It, you know, I, I, I can't say it hasn't ever happened in our home, but, you know, haven't you ever had to explain maybe to your spouse why all of those unbudgeted different Amazon Prime purchases Were really necessary, right? And how you saved money spending it, you know, it was just amazing. The reasons and the rationale about that, right? Fathers, have you ever felt that need to rationalize why that movie was okay for you uh, and not okay for your 17 year old son? Ever been there? Ever felt like you needed to hide or excuse? what you're believing, saying, doing? Anything that you're excusing, rationalizing these days? Well, let's be honest, by the way. When it comes to rationalizing, excusing a choice that we made that we you know, knew was wrong, we're actually really good at it, right? This is one of the things we're really good at. at one, as one pastor put it, nobody is better at selling me on an idea than me no marketing guru, no salesman, uh, nobody is better at rationalizing a choice to me than me. We are our own best salesmen. And at the end of the day, excuses, rationalizing things, are always an attempt to conceal, to cover up something that we did or we didn't do, but we should have. And that attempt to conceal, it first starts with ourselves, right? It first starts with ourselves, and then it moves to others. But here's the thing. Concealing, hiding the truth, always leads to consequences. This desire to conceal, this fear of exposure in little things, and big things, it isn't new. It isn't new. In fact, uh, Jesus spoke uh, to this issue in Luke uh, chapter 8. Turn there with me if you would. Luke chapter 8. And by the way, whether you, know, you would consider yourself maybe a, a Christian or a follower of Jesus or not, I think you're going to find Jesus' words here really intriguing, really intriguing to see. Just to give you a little bit of the context, uh, the backstory here, Jesus has been sharing some uncomfortable truths with people, uh, primarily uh, that their sin has consequences, but God, his love, he's inviting them to believe that Jesus is the promised Savior from their sin and from those consequences. And that through him, they can, they can confess, repent from sin, and be restored what they were meant to be we Call it the gospel message right and so he's jesus is telling his followers here um, a, a story a, a parable where he's describing what happens at different times different responses to this message that he's sharing he says you know sometimes you know people they don't even get a chance right you know it's thrown out there and immediately it's gone Other times, you know, that that message, they kind of seem to get it, but they don't really get it. Uh, Other times, they get it, but then they realize that the lifestyle uh, change, that that price is more than they are willing to pay, and so they reject it. And still, other times, they do believe. They get it. And then he gives this last little example in verses 16 to 18. Even if, uh, even if you've read this before, you might not have paid any attention to it. It seems kind of odd and maybe a little out of place or something. And, and so here it is. It's, it's intriguing. Verse 16, he says, No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Uh, this picture that he's uh, sharing here, by the way, it, it, it's a picture of a, uh, would be like a clay pot, a little clay uh, dish that would have had some oil in it, it would have had a wick uh, hanging out of it, and, and, and that's the, the picture of this lamp here. Um, help me out, what's the purpose of a lamp? What, a, a lamp produces light. Oh, great job, you are awake this morning. Yeah, you should tell your neighbor, you know, good job for paying attention here, you know, just extra points. Light! So covering it up makes zero sense, right? In this picture, it's obvious, all right, from the context that Jesus is having here, that Jesus is this lamp, that he is this, this source of light. Light here is the message. It's, it's this truth. It's this truth of the gospel. And if salvation and restoration through Jesus alone is true, then that illuminates our life. world. And here's his point. Knowing that reality and hiding from that reality would be insanity. Hiding from reality is insanity. Jesus is saying that when when we cover, when we conceal the truth, rationalize, excuse, hiding from reality, It's as crazy and as dangerous as sticking a candle under a bed that's lit. It might get a little bit hot. Truth is meant to illuminate our world, to let us see where we're going. Hiding from it, concealing it, rationalizing why it's a good idea to live in the dark, is insane. Here's why. Next verse. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, not show up, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to the light. Why is it insane to hide from the truth? Because eventually the truth will come out. You can run from it, you can hide from it, but not forever. Eventually the truth will have its day. So what should that mean for us? What's the result? Verse 18. Jesus says, Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Pause there. You ever read words that Jesus said and you're looking at them going, what? That sounds about as clear as mud. The One who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. what does that mean? Well, if you look carefully at this, as you begin to connect the dots, it makes perfect sense that if you hide from the truth of reality, that that's insanity because the truth will come out. So what makes sense here, then in verse 18, is to pay attention to the truth, right? Consider how you are listening, right? If you don't, well... Then it follows that even the truth that you thought you understood, you really didn't. Because you're choosing to believe a lie. When we ignore truth, the only option left is to push more and more and more into what's false, into a lie. Think of it this way. If I had a drinking problem and uh, I was willing to admit that, uh, come to terms with it, right? I could begin to to understand more and more of the effects that my drinking had, right? I I could understand why my vision was so blurry. I could understand all the scratches on my car, right? I, I could begin to put the pieces together and figure out the reasons why this is happening. Now, if I'm unwilling to admit my problem, then I have to start coming up with other reasons to explain the effects that I'm seeing around me. If I'm not willing to face the truth, then I don't understand what I think I understand, right? The one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. So what's the point of all this? Here it is. If Jesus and his message are true, a reality, right? then we are faced with a crossroads of two responses, two effects. And here's the reason why. It's because we know that eventually everything is exposed. Eventually, everything is exposed. Eventually, nothing in the darkness stays there forever. Jesus is stating here a principle about how things work that now or later, eventually, everything is exposed. Remember what he said twice, right, in verse 17, right, right? Nothing, right, nothing, anything that's concealed will come to light. Try as we might. And certainly our world is seeing a lot of trying lately, right? If you're following the news, you know, politically, we saw... And just a little over a week ago, you know, two previous affairs that the president had tried to conceal, right? And they came to the light. Currently, we have a famous pastor in Chicago that many of us looked up to, having several hidden things coming to light on the front page of the New York Times. And in our own lives, each of us has things that we've done that we're not proud of. I'm sure that, you know, that there's a good chunk of us in here We don't just have things in our past, we have things in our present that we are struggling to come to terms with and confess. Things that we deeply fear exposure from. It it might be a drinking issue. It might be our browser history. It might be what we said about somebody. It might be the state of our finances, how we're actually running our businesses. Some of us are so afraid and terrified at the thought of people finding out how incredibly messed up and broken our family relationships really are. But reality, reality is like that old Johnny Cash song that he wrote about hiding sin. He wrote, well, you may throw your rock and hide your hand, working in the dark against your fellow man, that as sure as God made black and white, what's been done in the dark will be brought to the light. The effect of the gospel's truth is that eventually everything is exposed. No matter how hard we try to rationalize our choices, excuse our decisions, cover things up, if Jesus and his message are true, not just true for someone else out there, but reality then eventually everything is exposed. So don't miss where Jesus takes this conclusion to, right? We heard it in verse 18, where he says again, take care then how you hear. Or as some translations will put, therefore consider carefully how you listen. He's saying, pay attention. Don't miss this. How you respond to this really matters. And he goes on. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Do you hear the two options there? That's what Jesus is laying out, that this truth offers us only two effects, two options, two responses resulting from it. Let's look at the first response. I think that the best word that I can simply use to describe this first response is the word relief relief. Let me explain. The surprising truth about this reality is that when you embrace the light and you allow truth to have its day rather than being dragged kicking and screaming into it is that it has tremendous relief. It has tremendous relief. Think about this for someone who's crossing over the line of faith, putting their trust in Jesus for the first time. This has tremendous relief that they are no longer running from the truth. And being willing to come clean about sin in your life, that offers great relief. There may still be consequences for turning your life over to Jesus. Uh, It's my experience that most people who come to know Jesus, their their family thinks that they're crazy. Um, And there might be lots of things in their everyday life that need to change, but, but it will result in something better. Not necessarily easy, but better. Because... At the end of the day, having a good, pure, and true way of living offers wonderful relief. And for Christians, choosing to come clean, stop hiding you know, something, right, and live in the truth, it offers powerful relief. After all, you know, it takes tremendous effort to pretend and to pose and to act like everything is okay. Relief. I remember, a, a couple of months back, I had done something I wasn't proud of, and uh, and, and and by you know way of effect here, I had sinned against my wife. Uh, but I, I knew it, but she didn't know it. And and let me tell you, all kinds of rationalizing and excuses were running through my mind as to why I didn't just need to confess and apologize. I'm sure this never happens to you. Um, but over a couple days, the Lord just wouldn't let it go. Um, and it was weighing on my heart. So I finally, you know, plucked up the courage, you know, to talk to her, avoided eye contact, right? And apologized. Confessed, apologized. And uh, let me tell you, as soon as that apology exited my mouth, Relief swept in. And, you know, thankfully my wife gave me him. That was the end of it. But that relief, relief comes, that confession, for apologizing. It's what's offered. And I want to challenge you this morning. Is there anything you're concealing, excusing, rationalizing, you just need to come clean about? Remember the words from Psalm 32, verses 3 through 5. For for I kept silent about my sin, right? It's the context here. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Hiding takes it out of you. Relief is offered in the truth. Friends, don't wait. Eventually, everything is exposed. So make the choice to live in the truth. There's relief on the other side. Because Jesus' message is true, that he has paid the ultimate price already for our sin so that we could live in the light. Why punish ourselves anymore by living in the dark when we can have peace with ourselves, God, and others because of Jesus? If you live in that truth, you'll be more receptive to more truth. That there may very well still be consequences here and now, but tremendous relief comes in surrendering to the truth. That's the first option. All right, let's consider the second option here. I think that the best word that I could use to summarize this option is really the word fear. If we choose to not come into the light, confess, and experience the relief of coming clean, then we are allowing the fear of potential consequences, even consequences, we're sure are going to happen, potential consequences to dictate our behavior. Now, most of us don't think of it that way, right? If we did, maybe we would take action on it. But that's the reality. I do think that most of us realize somewhere down deep that things cannot stay secret forever. We know that eventually the truth is going to come out. But we excuse ourselves by saying that we just won't tell them yet. Just not yet. We always seem to need a little bit more time. Time to figure it out. Time to deal with it on our own. That we aren't ready for help yet. Those are the countless reasons and excuses that pass through our mind with this. The problem is is that we just never seem to ever get around to it. If allowed, many times we will just go on and on and on, trying to forget it, to control it, to put it in the past, not realizing that that is actually the worst possible thing would be for us to actually succeed at this. See, if we manage to spend our life posing and pretending fearing what other people would think if they really found out who we were. That is the worst possible kind of life to live. And because at the end of the day, God will see. It will be exposed. And he will still judge. Judge anyways. And the reality behind Jesus' words is seen here that we think we understand. People who hide and conceal sin, they think that there's a way through this when there's no other way, not realizing that in the end, God will judge. Proverbs 10, 9 is something we need to take to heart here, that whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. See, to admit sin is part of walking in integrity. Anything else is some kind of perfection, image, idea, false idea of integrity that we would be so much better if we just chucked. Anything that says, yeah, I'm just perfect. I've never done anything wrong, right? Or I've got this all together. Those ideas of integrity, those are the false ones. Integrity says when I messed up. It confesses because it's living in alignment with who it really is. It's only for those who come into the light, who humble themselves and confess, that have the hope of what Jesus offers. As long as you're concealing, rationalizing, you will never find peace. To think otherwise is hiding a candle under a bed. It's insane. So what do we do with this? Here's how I want to encourage you this morning. Don't wait. Don't wait. Even if God's putting something on your heart this morning, pay attention to it and take action. Pay attention and take action. Remember Jesus' words in verse 18. Take care then how you hear, right? Pay attention. If something requires action, don't wait. And I want to be very specific with this action this morning when dealing with hidden sin. I want to give you a couple of steps here. First, you need to let the truth out. You need to let the truth out. Someone has paraphrased a a quote by uh, Charles Spurgeon and said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose and it will defend itself. That's what we need to do in our hearts when we feel this urge to conceal Truth must have its day in our hearts first. That's what gives us the courage, the gumption to start moving forward. But many of us, we've only gotten that far. We only got as far as feeling guilty, bad about something. That's not far enough. We need to keep going. We must move beyond that. Second, we need to confess. I've served in full-time vocational Christian ministry now for just about eight years. i got to tell you, I, my consistent experience is that people in the church and leaders in the church do not know how to apologize. They don't know how to apologize. It is a rarity for me to find someone who knows how to confess. But if you want relief, friends, we're called to nothing less if you want relief of living in the light, this is where we have to go. You need a real apology. You need to actually admit that you did something wrong. To say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? That's where we need to go. And one more thing. If you're on the receiving end of this, um, someone in your world maybe has you know been trying to conceal and hide the truth, and maybe you've even to help them, just come on in to the light, tell them it's okay. You can, you can actually just come out with it. If they do, remember, be humble and forgive as God forgave you. Be humble and forgive as God forgave you. doesn't mean that there won't be any natural consequences, but forgive as God forgave. Forgave you, And remember, that if but for the grace of God, you would be in the same spot. Now, if they won't apologize, if they won't come into the light, then I think it's important that you find some comfort in these verses. That even if your heart breaks for this person, for this, this individual, that if you've embraced this message for yourself, that you can know that Jesus hasn't missed anything, that this is still his offer, this is still reality, and that now or later, eventually, everything is exposed. And that the good news for those who are in Christ is that we have a savior in Jesus who has paid the ultimate price for anything that we could ever expose. And it's that that gives us the courage to follow Jesus' invitation to come clean and to enjoy the relief that comes from living in the light. Amen? Let's pray. Father, for those of us in this room that are maybe feeling that heavy hand on us, Lord, would you give us the courage to move forward? to realize that your grace is sufficient and it's offered and it's free, that we can enjoy the relief that comes from living in the light. God, for those of us in here who are posing and are pretending and afraid, God, help us to see the courage that comes from the truth. Lord, help this passage to be a comfort. Many of us in this room have a spouse, a loved one, a friend who is just refusing to come, to come clean, to come to you. Lord, may this be a comfort for us in those moments. But Lord, most of all, help us to be humble with this, to forgive others, to move forward in our life, trusting not in our own works, not in our own greatness, but in you, the one who has allowed us to come clean and enjoy your grace. Pray that Jesus is great and natural sin.